Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. It has been a minute since I have done an episode that is just me. And I was thinking before I started recording, do I even know how to do that anymore? Because I've had so many amazing guests that has that have given me so much positive interesting things to be thinking about. Do I have anything interesting to say anymore? So, uh, we'll see, because you're about to find out if I have anything interesting to say. Um, Well, and maybe you're thinking, have you ever had anything interesting to say? That's That's a podcast for another day. What I would really like to talk about today is the wear and tear of being in this pandemic and talking about this one-sidedly may not be the best way to do this podcast. So I may think on my feet here, but I would like to say that what I've noticed on my side for me, wear and tear has been, I'm getting used to it, which in some ways is good. Like, I'm getting used to whatever rhythm we have set out as a family to kind of keep us on track, whatever that means. You know, getting up, Todd and I do yoga most days. We usually eat breakfast together, and then he goes and does his meetings for teaching, and I do some kind of work on my website or Airbnb, or I try to connect with clients. So there is a rhythm, you know, or I'm working in the garden or I'm, you know, doing stuff in our house to kind of (laughs) keep it manageable. Um, So we do, we have a rhythm. Each, each of us has a different rhythm, like Todd has a rhythm, every day is a little bit different for him, teaching wise, Brennan has a rhythm that is completely different than when she was in school every day, she's getting up super late, she eats breakfast, then she does some kind of exercise to get herself going, and, you know, watches shows or engages with friends and then she's up till probably you know 2 30 and that's her rhythm and my rhythm is a little bit different every day too what I'm noticing going back to what I said about I'm getting used to it that has put this thought in my mind and bear with me while I try to explain this I am fearful of things going back to normal. And I'd like to say it's just because of the pandemic and the COVID virus, you know, that fear of what happens when we go back to things as normal too soon and how that affects us and what the fallout of that will be for hospitals and for people dying and for people being exposed and all that. I'd like to say it's just about that. I've noticed in myself, 
and I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to analyze this too much, is, you know, maybe it comes from being a survivor and needing to kind of navigate my space in certain ways. Or, you know, maybe it's personality driven. I'm leaning more towards, you know, what it means to live in the world as a survivor. You have to do different things to make your environment more manageable. Going back to normal or the fear of that around, for me, around that is I've gotten used to this. This is manageable for me right now. And it took a long time for this to be manageable. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want to see my friends. I don't want to have contact with the outside world. I don't want to engage and have parties again. But if I just think about it, like first thought, best thought, maybe because my world has gotten so small, my world being small means it's more manageable. Yes, there's so many things in there that are not manageable, like not getting to see my son, you know, my daughter not graduating, um, not having the ability to run the part of my business that's like 60% of my business. So, you know, that's just the truth. I can't pretend that there's not fear of trying to engage in a world that I'm not used to anymore and how long it took for me to build some kind of container that can hold what we're in right now. Not well, <laughs> not saying I'm containing it well and managing it well, but I'm managing. And so I just thinking about that makes me think, you know, where are you at? What are the things that are pushing against your norms that kind of surprise you, leave you wondering what it will be like. And, you know, truth be told, I don't want it re to return to normal. A return to normal, at least in the United States, is a return to the wealthiest continuing to get wealthy. And I know that's part of the situation right now. They're not getting poorer. But the systems of oppression that thrive in post-COVID environment, I don't want those systems of oppression to survive after this. I want some things to be dismantled. I want some systems of oppression and white supremacy to be dismantled. I don't want, you know, everything as usual. Let's just keep going. Let's just, you know keep going because the economy needs it or this needs it or that needs it. I want some actual changes to be made for everybody to live in more peace and have more options to make lives for themselves that aren't filled with oppression. So yeah, I just, I'm curious where you're at. I, I would love to know what things have changed for you, what things you've noticed, and how you're moving through this world that we're living in right now. So my little workaround was to interview the people that I live with. So I asked Todd, 
the question of basically how are you feeling Mr. Fatal well I would say the thing that stands out the most is um, it's sort of building up this wall of isolation for me that I'm realizing that yeah I can I can be okay without a whole bunch of people around me and I I can I can do this on my own and so a tendency that I already have to sort of to not reach out and to not connect with people or to look for reasons not to uh not to meet with people and be vulnerable uh it's just reinforced um also I find myself um being sad the majority of the day which means I'm also constantly looking for a way to escape that sadness so I I find myself spending a majority of the day um escaping so um and at least with my job or at least with some of the other things that I have had to do you know I that wasn't that wasn't an option um another thing too is is um just being around the house and and having you know you here and Brennan here and and having that option to spend more time with you and and develop relationship with you or Brennan I I, I find myself kind of like opting out of that too mm-hmm. and before at, at work I could say well I'm working I'm, I'm yeah. working I'm busy yeah. I'm doing this and I'm but but you know, you see me here, so there must. I know that there's an effect that, that has on on you or on Brennan that says, "Well, um, he's not wanting to spend time with me." Um, you know, and I don't know where that goes mm-hmm. with, in you guys' head, but there's got to be some sort of residual effect to that. Well, I think that's interesting too because when you're not, you know, when you have reasons to not be together. <laughs> They're actual reasons. And when you're in a house together, you can just not want to be together, and that's fair. But all of a sudden, there's a pressure to now be together. Like, and we may not want to be together. We may want to, like... Well, and that, I'm so, I mean, yeah, that's part of it is I'm coming to terms with the fact that is there something wrong with me not wanting to spend every waking moment doing something, going out on a walk, going out of the, you know, so there's a judgment call Mm. when it might just be the way I'm reacting to the way things are right now. Um, And I need to give myself room for that, but I haven't. I I feel like Mm. a lot of the shame and a lot of the, um, yeah, the judgment that I have about my own self uh, is coming uh, without the lens of this is uncharted territory. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Because, you know, I don't want to spend every waking hour with you or with Brennan. And it's, I'm listening to you going, oh, it's a, it's a, it's not just a personality thing, but there's, some of it is personality. But I want to create ritual around the time I am spending with you. So it's like, oh, it's got to be special or we've got to like do something or it's just interesting. Yeah. That's that's what came up. I appreciate your vulnerability. Thank you. And that was Todd Fatal, it for was. those of you that don't know. And it still is. Okay, so you'll notice that there is a change in my voice. Um, 
my idea was I had to run some errands, so I stopped by my friend Molly's, and I'm going to go to some other houses. I have my mask on. Molly is almost six feet away. By the time I sit down, Molly will be six feet away. I'm going to wipe down my phone with a bleach wipe, and I will hand my phone with the bleach wipe to Molly so that Molly can say what Molly is going to say. I'm wiping my phone down right now. We're obeying all of the procedures. So my question to Molly was similar to my question to Todd. Is what is the wear and tear on you, Molly? And we're multitasking too. It's Sorry. real life. It's real life right now. What is the wear and tear on you, or what are you noticing about yourself? It isn't yeah. all negative or positive. No. It's just what are you noticing? Because we are now in our third month. Yeah. I was actually just talking to somebody about this on Marco Polo the other day because uh, she interviewed me for a podcast at the very beginning. And I was like, no, and I was like, and I just sent sent her a message and was like, yeah, that was early days. (laughs) That was when I was like, I get up at the same time every morning. I'm getting dressed. I'm just acting like it's a normal day. So productive. Now I'm like, "Hmm, I haven't put a bra on in a couple days. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has changed. Uh, I think the thing that I notice the most is um, I've had to really get used to my emotions being a roller coaster all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just have to like literally talk myself through it and be like, okay, I feel this way right now. This will not last. Nothing is going to last. It's all going to come and go, come and go, come and go. Um, and also, like, I noticed last weekend I had, I just felt like I was telling people, <laughs> I feel like I feel this sense of impending doom. Mm. And the only way I can describe it is, like, I'm going to get called to the principal's office. Oh, yes. I have a little of that, too. Yeah. It's like I'm in trouble. Somebody's giving me a hack. Right? It's like, I don't know what I did, but I know I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it's unavoidable. Interesting. And so then I had that all weekend long. And then the weekday came and I was like, this again. <laughs> and I just had this sense of like, I got stuck in a puddle of ennui all week long. Mm-hmm. Just like, nothing's going to change and nothing is helping. And like, nothing I do, my normal things that I do... Uh, was helping to distract me because a lot of times when I'm in the real bad places, I can just distract myself Mm -hmm. and then just kind of ride it out. And it's just not working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing's working anymore. Uh, So, I mean, I think the only thing that really does help is, you know, just taking really good care of myself Mm -hmm. and listening to my body. Yeah. And like, um, I can't handle anything heavy. The only thing I can handle right now, like I've been, I've just finished reading a book and I'm now listening to uh, a book about national parks and how they were Mm -hmm. created. Mm -hmm. Um, The true story, not the revised story that we love to give. And uh, the only, the only like heavy and hard I can handle is about like ecological, our ecological impact. That's the only thing I can handle right now. I don't know why, but I think it's just because it, it feels like it's very relevant to now. And so don't give me any murder stories. Don't make me keep track of multiple 
multiverses and all the people that are impacting each other back and forth. Yeah. I can't do it. I have watched a couple different shows that friends have suggested, and I'm just like, I, I just, what is going on? And I don't care. And really what I want to do when I'm watching a television show is, like, be able to shut off my brain mm-hmm. and not think about everything else. And I just can't even concentrate enough to get into it. So that's where yeah. I'm at right now. <laughs> that's good. That's real. That's <sighs> I, I mean, that's kind of, I started talking, you know, earlier and, um, I mean, hopefully I'll be able to hear myself. If not, I'll just add it. I'll just feel like this. You know, <laughs> I know how I feel or at least sort of, I sort of know how I feel mm-hmm. some days, but, um, you know, I was going to be in the car, so I thought, I want to know how other people are feeling. I mean, you yeah. and I have talked, yeah. so I know a little bit about how you're feeling, but even just talking to Todd right before I left, he said something that he hasn't said to me, mm. and we are living in the same house, yeah. seeing each other yeah. 24 hours a day. Yes. Well, because sometimes you don't even know what you're thinking yourself, Yeah. because we're trying so hard to, I'm trying, because I'm. I like to avoid pain. Yeah, and so does Todd. <laughs> and I just don't want to be, I don't want to be wallowing at all the time. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes when I stop and think about it, I go, oh, that's how I feel. Yeah. Huh. And also talking, you're <laughs> yeah. a verbal processor yeah. like me. And then I'm like, oh, like when we talked, Molly and I talked the other day. And what I started this episode with is what I talked to Molly about, which is the fear of it opening back up. Yep. And not wanting it to open back up without real system change taking place yeah. and knowing that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So is there anything good that yeah. can be derived out of this? Yeah. So that's how I process. And we got somebody coming with their recycling. You got the garbage can rolling out. That's yeah. a special for this So <laughs> thank you, Molly. I really appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to talk to me during your work day. So now Molly is going to hand me back my phone with the bleach wipe. Ooh, we actually sort of touched fingers, Molly. It's okay. I'll go and wash my hands immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I am with my friend Tamara. Just letting you know, still have my mask on. This is the, this is the first time I've been inside somebody else's place. Yeah. But I'm in her studio. It's not filled with people ever. I have my wet wipe on my phone. I'm setting it down. She's going to slide her chair up. (laughs) So basically the question has been, the question has been, how are you, what's the wear and tear for you in this time? Or what are you noticing in yourself? Because now we're in our third month. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything you notice? Is there anything that's pressing in on you, or you're like, or it's a positive thing that you're like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know this. Like maybe you've had an increase of creativity. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's had that, but somebody has. <laughs> you know, just like where are you at right now? Um. Yeah, I would say like as far as wear and tear goes, like there's more of an it emotional wear and tear just like it's in a way it's kind of like the way that the daily news wears on us but now there's even more like you know more people are um under stress and in difficult places and that you know that's just stressful and watching politicians make poor choices putting people at risk 
even more stressful than it normally is. Yeah. Um, I have experienced a increase in creativity, actually. Well. <laughs> but I think it's a coping mechanism. I would love that to be my <laughs> coping mechanism. If my hands are busy, I don't have to sit still and be horrified. So, yeah. um, what was the other? Oh, like one weird positive for me as far as like emotional stress goes is that because my family is home, the sort of background anxiety about them being out in the world is not there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like just not thinking about like, oh, I hope they're okay at school or at work, wherever they are. Like, oh, they're here. Like, I'm, like I'm a, a border collie. <laughs> <laughs> Hurting people. I've got all my people herded together, so yeah. I feel calm and content. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting because I thought about this at the beginning of the pandemic, like with Zion being in L.A. Mm-hmm. But when you said that, I realized I hadn't really thought about that in over two months, that wear and tear of, there will be some nights where I go to bed Mm -hmm. and I cannot go to sleep unless I text him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, yeah, how you doing? You know, (laughs) and, and that some of that has been there the whole time because he's young and that wasn't the plan I saw for him Mm -hmm. moving away and living in LA, but it is definitely amped up, and I hadn't, until you said that, I hadn't realized, oh, that's that's something that's on the back burner simmering on, luckily low, uh-huh. but it's always simmering. It's always there since the time they were born, right? And, <laughs> well, <yes. laughs> and, and if one of my kids was far away, I'd, be, I'd have that increased anxiety right now for them, for sure. Because every day I have that kind of low level, like my kids ride the bike and walk to school mm-hmm. and take the bus to school and stuff so there's that kind of low level something going to happen to them on the way to school and um, well and we live in a in a society that doesn't give a, give a shit about school shootings and protecting our kids right so yeah yep not safe at school either <laughs> well that that would bring me to my question since you're the only person that i'm interviewing that has children have you noticed any difference in them um, for the most part, they seem to be doing really well. Like there have been a few moments with my more social child, um, <laughs> where like, especially like day two or three, I think when it like really sunk in for him that he couldn't go hang out at his friend's house. He, you know, it's really sad. Um, and then there have been points where it's just like, oh, I really want to, like, can I please go with you to the grocery store? Or like, Brennan's done that too. Yeah. Or he has a, a chiropractic appointment every two weeks. Um, that's our big, He's excited. that's our big outing. <laughs> There's a Dutch Bros nearby so we can do the drive through. Yes. We just did that at the orthodontist. Get all dressed up and <laughs> actually put on pants. Yeah, put on you pants. On. Takes all of like, the whole appointment takes like 15 minutes, but it's really, it's really exciting. (laughs) Um, and the other one is, I mean, this is his dream world. (laughs) He gets to to talk to his friends via video games and Mm -hmm. not going to school. Like, yeah, keeping him on track with school is a challenge for sure. What about partnering? In the time of COVID. <laughs> Partnering. <laughs> um, we're really fortunate that 
Um, I have a separate workspace, and our house is large enough that everyone away from each other. everyone can go to their corners. So, and and that's actually also been nice to have him around because I mean, I compare it to the sort of quarantine experience of stay-at-home parenting with small children. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but there was no partner in because he was at work yeah. during that. So. You know, we don't have to do such intense parenting anymore like we did when they were little. But, um, uh, but you know, when you do have to parent, having someone else there, like single okay. parents right now, I'm feeling for them. Oh, and working on Zoom? Oh, oh yeah. Non-stop Zoom meetings are high-pressure jobs while also trying to parent at homeschool. Just yeah, really tough. Um, we have not been great at the schooling part or trying, but... Um, just as somebody married to a teacher, nobody. <laughs> Nobody's like Todd will get so upset. Todd has like from one to two, a few days a week, he's on call. He just has to be online for kids to check in. Mm-hmm. He's had maybe out of the dozens of times he's done it, maybe three kids show up. Oh man. So it's. I mean, it's not ideal for learning for probably, I would say, over 90% of kids. It's not their ideal way to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's probably mostly true. The older, the 15-year-old is doing a good job with his uh, uh, school. school. Like, he's just generally good at keeping himself on track with stuff, too, anyway. But I know he's frustrated and he's really done and ready to be done. Yeah. Um. And then the younger one generally does best with his math. And then the others, he just, like, the places where he struggles generally in school, he's just like, I don't want to do it. And yeah. And then you're having to figure out. You just have to keep checking and yeah. checking and checking. Are you done it? Are you done it? Are you done it? Yeah. Uh, so that hasn't changed. Nope. That hasn't changed. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you yep. have anything else you want to say? Hang in there, everyone. <laughs> Yep, that's all we can do, right? Okay. Thank you. Yep. Okay, so now I am back in my own neighborhood, and I stopped at the apartment of my friend Crystal Neal, and I still have my mask on, and she, I have allowed her to take her avocado mask off. <laughs> it's cute. It's it a cute like one. Doing a spot I want, and I do want avocados right now because your mask avocado oh apparently ours are ripe now so there will be some background noise because we're in the lobby but it's got very high ceilings and it's pretty much as open air as you can get so we're going to record it in here and there will just be noise take it away crystal neal thank you you don't even have to touch it i don't even have to touch it that's what she said (laughs) or you could could touch it depending (laughs) consent (laughs) always (laughs) all right i'm trying to so besides my eyebrow eyebrow the one uh my new chin that i've developed and um my gray hair (laughs) i also i know what i'm like you want to see some real bravery? Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hospital workers, grocery store clerks. Live through trauma. Yeah. 
be a person of color in this community. That's some bravery. Um, Yeah, so kind of some thoughts that I had around how I've been feeling around all of this, all of the everythings, uh, is you can feel the collective weariness of our world. So even if you aren't personally like in your home impacted, you are impacted because our world is impacted and you're impacted by trauma. Even if it's by Even it, yeah, even if it's by proxy. Yeah. And so carrying that and carrying the the trauma and the grief that comes with that is heavy. Yeah. And and I I don't want to say that as like I'm some vic- I'm very privileged. Yeah, I know but I you think know. that's important and nobody's really brought that up just you can have vicarious trauma. Yeah, totally. And when it's everywhere, all the time, you end up, and then it's localized um, in many different ways. So at the macro level and at the micro level, we're all feeling it in varying capacities. Um, I'm thankful that I live with two people that I love and have benevolence for and are fun people. Um, And I actually like our little bubble that we have. Can you, because Tamara was just talking about this, like she's so pretty much the same thing about being with people that she likes and not being alone. Yeah. But she's, you know, Lise can go to her studio. Yeah. Where do you go? Out on your balcony? Yeah, yeah. So, leave me alone. Yeah, actually, what I do is I will say to Jeff and Betty Lou, my daughter, our daughter, I need 20 minutes. And that's it. It isn't anything that anyone's doing necessarily. I just need 20 minutes by myself. Because normally my commute is. 30 minutes to two hours depending on traffic and I have at least that time alone but I in a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) and the the lack of separation between work boundaries and life boundaries it's uh it can be bananas and at the same time again coming from a very privileged space of having a spouse who is super supportive he lost his job, so he is also, he is kind of taken on the schooling of our daughter while I'm doing work. All your Zoom meetings. While I'm, all my Zoom meetings. And, uh, and then also he is doing, is interviewing, and so we kind of play conference room roulette where we'll set up an office in the closet or in the corner of the bedroom or you know our daughter has taken to to doing her her school zoom meetings in her bathtub by her choice not our choice I think she has the best setup um so so that yeah our our life is very contained in our apartment and at the same time finding being able to speak up and say I need 20 minutes. Yeah. And it isn't to do anything other than what I want to do. Yeah. Or just be alone with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do, like, I love having coffee, coffee on the balcony yeah. with my husband. 
in the morning, like <laughs> having, you know. Um, so, so there are new, we're finding ceremony in it also. Yes. I hadn't thought of the word because I said, you know, we're, we're doing yoga most days together. Because Todd wanted to try. Yeah. Which has been really nice. And then we have breakfast together almost every day. Yes. Which we normally don't get to do unless sometimes in the summer. We yeah. Do that. Yeah. But I want to go outside if I can. Yes. If, even if it's like sort of sprinkled. Oh, yeah. I, I actually ended up um, rather than doing my meetings by zoom today i did walking meetings and walked to the park just look reviewed whatever documents we were talking about before the meeting and just went out and walked and talked about it and it was amazing and i like i walked for three miles just and they didn't care no they were they were thankful for it too they did too you know yeah so it was um but but yeah finding ceremony in the midst of it that Mm -hmm. and that's part of this whole situation for me is what do I want to bring forward and what do I want to leave behind Mm. and how do we do that in a way so as you think about the change and transition curve anytime you go into a new beginning you think about and kind of create a way to leave behind the old and bring something with you into the new beginning that I, I noted was um, our national trauma has exacerbated the inequities in our systems in, and, and brought huge light to those, even more so than some of us knew about, especially marginalized uh, communities. They knew. They knew. Oh, they've known. They're like, they're like welcome. <laughs> welcome to this shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, and part of that, like the good part of that, I guess, if you will, if there is a good side of that, is that there is, there's more awareness of that. But what I hope happens out of that awareness is action from straight white people, that we would use our votes and our voices and our actions to dismantle those fucked up systems that were put in place to continue to keep people down and that they would we would work hard and listen to rebuild equitable systems where everyone can thrive. Oh my God. And I know that that's a pipe dream. And at the same time, I'm willing to go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking to Molly about that. I don't know if we were recording, but that's kind of, that's the dream. But it is really hard to hang on to that dream. And I'm sure, like, if it's hard for me to hang oh on to that dream... Oh, my Yeah, I know. White people have proven over and over again that they don't give a shit. That we're shitty. Yeah, exactly. That it's really hard for anybody being affected by yeah. the white supremacist systems to hold on to any hope. But I... That's all I have right now is, like, a gossamer strand of hope. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to hold on to that. Yes. Um... I I also think, like, the distance from people I love, but also, like, there's a new closeness. Yeah, it's weird. Isn't that weird? Like, yeah. the dichotomy of that, of, of like, we are 
physically distant and there are certain people that I feel even closer to yeah. that I didn't before. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the bubbling up of, hey, you matter yeah. in my life. Yeah. And this is scary shit. And, yeah. and how, do you, how do we continue to foster loving community mm-hmm. when we move through this into the new? So that's, those are some things that I'm curious about of how do, how do I continue to foster meaningful community and not go back to the, the actual distance, yeah. the emotional distance from people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really thankful for and tired of technology. Yes, I'm <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure we're all. How would I, how would I talk to my child? How would I talk yeah. to my son's face? Yeah. And I've been so thankful, and I've been able to talk to my friend Dion mm. and her again in the Netherlands every other week for like an hour. Yeah, it's so amazing. You already, but now it's been like I need to talk. To yeah, you. and that's where that like bringing that uh, bringing that fostering of community forward. Yeah. It's like that. This tech, Zoom technology, the Zoom, Skype, all of that has yeah. been around forever. Yeah. We're just being more intentional about using it. And so, as we go forward, how do how do we continue that intentionality without bastardizing it to where you're just yeah. fucking sick of it? Oh yeah, because I think a lot of people <laughs> we've we've because you know I'm in that anti-colonial book. Yes. Group. Yeah. And so we like a month in, we were like. Maybe it was a few weeks in. We were like, maybe we should start doing Zoom meetups. And we've done two. The first one, you know, whatever. And then the second one, I just looked at my friend Mona, who is on Zoom from like 9 in the morning. Yeah. Because she's, I think she's a personal assistant. And she's so, I she seems so tired. And I'm like, <laughs> we're all looking at each other going, Let's it's check in, and then we were like, yeah. <laughs> yes. and I'm lucky. Like, I'm on yes. maybe one oh, every other day. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, before this, so I work for a global company and on a global team. And so, you know, having a meeting in the morning at 7 a.m. with my European counterparts yeah. is commonplace. Same with having one at 5 or 6 with my yeah. counterparts in Asia. Totally commonplace. But I would have space in between those. Yeah, you'd have your drive home. <laughs> yeah. Or even, you know, meetings in person or the yeah. pop-in hugging meetings. Somebody. Hugging some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like the pop-in meetings or the hallway connections mm-hmm. are now, hey, let's hop on Zoom for 20 minutes. It's like, let's yeah. not. <laughs> it is. I don't know if you, I'm sure you've noticed this, but. It feels, I just realized, it feels very similar to the grocery store. I was trying to explain this. I had to go to the store today. And she was talking to me, and I completely forgot to put in my number, my card, and I was just staring. (laughs) And we're laughing, and she goes, oh, it's because you were watching my amazing bagging technique. And I was like, yes, and I can't think as well with a mask on. No, no, my balance is up. I haven't heard that. But it is. Similar. I have a similar thing that happens in 
my brain on Zoom if I'm <laughs> yes. on too many. Yes. Where you're like looking at all the screens and now I'm supposed to chat and look at your face. Anna, is my yeah. face okay or did I just do something weird? Yes. And please tell me I shut off the mic so you can't hear me swallow. Because yeah. I have a very loud swallow. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, misophonia is at an all-time high right now. Yes. Um, yeah. Chewing. <laughs> yes, chewing. Watching people eat on Zoom. I'm like, I don't like to watch people eat at a restaurant. Oh, you haven't heard my... This will be funny for the listeners. I did a Zoom meeting for Airbnb. I won't get into the whole thing, but it was just local people doing, you know, experiences like yeah. I did. There's two people on, and one guy come, comes in, and he says, I'm in my car, I'm listening, but I won't be on camera or microphone, but once I get there, I'll check back in. Sure. We lost him for a while, and I was like, well, okay. Next thing I know, he's in his backyard, topless, hopefully it's just topless, in a hammock. <laughs> and he goes, hey, can you catch me up? I don't have one. I don't pay for Zoom. Yeah. So you've just you just you have the 45-minute, yeah. You've just taken up a time. Oh, my God. And put a shirt on. God. All of us are clothed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that. <laughs> Show up on my next Zoom call topless. Topless. Just kidding. Well, I won't do that. It would be really exciting for everybody, <laughs> including yourself. It's like, what's up? Yeah. Natchies. Hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, and the, like, yeah, all of that. But uh, kind of along the lines of your experience at the grocery store, one, as an aside, wearing a mask and then earbuds and glasses. Oh, gosh, yeah. I feel trapped. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I'm like... Oh, I could not wear earbuds at the same time. It, my, I think I told you and Molly the other day, my ears started twitching. <laughs> Like physical twitching from having the from having so long yes, today, yeah. my head was rejecting. <laughs> they just spit it right out. It's like you were not made for this. <laughs> like I know I wasn't made for this, but uh, my capacity for taking in new information or learning something new, yeah. I'm like, how are these motherfuckers learning a new instrument or whatever? <laughs> Uh, I can barely speak my native language anymore. I downloaded Duolingo on my phone, mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, now's a good time for that. <laughs> Have you opened it? No, but it's there, and it stares at me and shames me. Don't, don't be shamed. <laughs> like, I'm going to learn how to say fuck you Duolingo in seven yeah. languages. <laughs> and that's, that's good. it. Success. <laughs> yes. I'm good. Uh... But I, so I'm holding, I'm also holding tight to curious, curiosity and about what's next for us all. Um, and with that, um, along with the innovating or in the thinking about what's next, how do we, how do we innovate community? Yeah. Because we're now kind of, we've opened up the aperture. And it's now like, okay, we can, and it's stuff that we've done even in the past where I'm like, this, this is nothing new folks. And at the same time, I'm like, how do we, we know that innovation happens at the, 
the intersection of existing ideas. Yep. So how do we take those existing ideas and really truly innovate community? Yeah. Um, so and so that we're bringing people along, even those that don't have access to technology. Yeah. Yeah. What else can you do? Yeah. Because that's been a fear too, where people are going to go, okay, this is good enough, and Zoom or Google, whatever. It's not good enough. No. You have to innovate within what you're using. Yes. Because it leaves, like you're saying, it leaves a ton of people out. Yes. And if companies have expectations for people to want leverage their products, whatever that is, or show up to work in a way, whether it's continuing to work from home or whatever, companies need to start looking at whether or not they're going to compensate yeah. people for those expectations. So I shouldn't have to pay 20 bucks or whatever for an app so that I can do X, Y, and Z for work. That shouldn't come out of my pocket. This isn't a choice at this point, you know? So how, how do we, how do we continue to innovate to bring other people along um, is at the forefront of my mind a lot. Like when I sit with my, (laughs) <laughs> thoughts on the balcony yeah. like how do we do this I'm like I'm tired just like you, you and Todd it only takes 20 minutes <laughs> it's true and Jeff and I are like uh what just happened <laughs> that is true yeah. <laughs> um and then how do we show radical benevolence for other people and ourselves mm-hmm. and it, it's the the difference between loving and having benevolence where you're either consuming other people or you're being consumed. Yeah. Whereas benevolence is that mutual respect and that mutual care yeah. and the mutual nurturing for each other. Yeah. How do we practice that in a way that shifts our mindset and our behavior to bring that forward? Yeah. And so, you know, 20 minutes for me on the balcony is actually radical benevolence for myself which sounds so stupid but it totally is no because anything you have to ask for you're you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage by having to ask for it and you could do it without asking but when you're in the system we're in right now you're trying to be extra careful with each other yeah so it makes complete sense yeah and then my like my three things that are my three of my core values are curiosity, hope, and willingness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding I'm trying to find ways to lean into those three things and not lose them. Yeah. You Can know, you give me a quick example of that? Yeah. So for for me, willingness is how a willingness to step into the spotlight when it's needed but also step out of it mm-hmm. so that other people can shine. Yeah. A willingness, is, for instance, white people need to do that a lot more. Step oh. out of the spotlight so other yes. people can shine. We've, yes. we've had plenty of time yes. on stage. Yes. Yes, we <laughs> and we suck at it. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, straight no, white people, that. straight white people, let me say that. But, um, but I... And then curiosity of like, hey, we all seem super fried. What's going on? You know, and nothing has shifted in the day. We're just burnt out. 
so tell me more about what's going on or hey let's let's try this new ceremony like we the three of us now eat dinner on the floor at our coffee table and we don't have technology Mm -hmm. and we each uh come to the table with some the highlight of our day and the crap part of our day and then we each come with a question to ask and it could be any question any it, it can be anything and a lot of times it diverts to Silly. Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shocking. But, but one of the things about that is like just being curious about what works yeah. and also what doesn't and why. Yeah. And simple. Like it's simple. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's not anything earth shattering. Yeah. It isn't neuroscience. <laughs> or maybe it is, but <laughs> who knows? I can't claim that that it, that it is. But um, just and being curious about other people and what works yeah. for them and what doesn't yeah. and why. And the, the undercurrent of hope that runs deep within me, I think, is inherited generationally from probably well actually probably from both of my parents who in their own rights have had well in their own rights my dad previously in his own right uh have lived through torment Mm -hmm. and have lived through the slog and yeah and still managed to stay hopeful and i think part of that is their acts of radical benevolence mm-hmm. yeah. because when we when we do that for ourselves and for each other that births hope yeah. because true. love radical benevolence never produces anything rotten I, I would agree. and yeah. so if you're constantly seeking that you will live in hope even, yeah. even if it's a even if it's a slog to get there yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, and your Betty Lou is totally fine. She's hanging in there. She is frustrated that she can't physically hang out with her friends. Yes. Like that is. She is uh, an extrovert. If I've ever seen one, yes, she is. <laughs> I've ever seen one. Yeah. And so. That is hard, but that's also where the um, the beauty of technology comes into play. Yeah. And she can FaceTime her friends yeah. while they do homework. Yeah. Um, she misses her cousins and her family, and yeah. you know, uh, and those types of things. And she also is making the best of it. Yeah, that, I have been amazed. I'm just the resilience. Yes. Like Brennan, because Brennan is an introvert. But she for an introvert, she spends a lot of time with her friends. Yeah, she just gets her energy. So yeah, yeah. So she and she's been pretty laid back about it. Yeah. If she sees her friends, it's different for somebody that's eighteen versus somebody that is ten. Ten. Yeah. That I can trust Brennan to. See six feet away and wear a mask the whole time yeah. and not forget yeah. 
which is harder for a ten. Yeah, although she is like, even though she is uh, kind of that exuberant yeah. personality, she's also a rule follower. Yeah. So, so much so that she she could be a little judgmental at times, where she's like, "That uh, they're not six feet apart." I'm like, "Chill yeah. out. You're in charge of you." Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I've seen like the thing that I love about kids is they get caught up. Totally. And yeah. most of the time it's not intentional. They're just like so excited. Yes, and totally. It's palpable and then all of a sudden they're hugging their friend and they're like, Yes. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But yeah, it's, but she's like, uh, you know, normally at this time of year she's in school where they have a dress code and stuff like that and mm-hmm. I dyed her hair purple. Which wouldn't normally be something that her school would allow. And so she was super stoked about that. And like kind of tapping into, ooh, what can we do? What are the fun things that we can do now that we wouldn't normally be able to? That's good. And so kind of reframing. We're breaking some of the rules. Oh, breaking some of the rules. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. Um, Yeah. That is exactly what I wanted, so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I enjoyed that so much. I love that my friends are spontaneous and that they were willing to go with me on the fly. That they, you know, they, it's not everybody likes to talk <laughs> talk in public or know that they're being recorded. And each of them was so gracious with their time and their vulnerability and their willingness to talk about the hard things and also where they're finding joy and hope and strength. And it's beautiful because we are all different. And that if, if I noticed anything, that's, that's what was reconfirmed to me through each conversation is we all do this differently. Every single person. Yes, there may be similarities, but we're all different. We're all finding our way through. We're all, you know, surviving in in every way we know how, and we're inventing some new ways. That I'm so excited about. I was very careful. If you're worried that I wasn't careful, I was careful. I had a mask on, I had bleach wipes, and I had hand sanitizer at every <laughs> every step of the way. I hope that you are, maybe maybe you were able to see yourself in one of the conversations I had, or maybe all of the conversations I had. We're all different. We all do this differently. There's no right way to do it. And there's no wrong way to do it. If you are taking care of yourself as best as you can, that is the rightest, rightest way. Please be safe and sane out there. I know that it's hard when you're being battered by all the different news sources that you come in contact with or even trying to avoid it, it's hard to avoid. It's hard to stay some in some kind of level of peace or find your peace. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. You don't have to do it any right way. 
how you do it does not diminish your worth. Okay, thank you for listening. I am so grateful to every single person that takes the time to listen. It means something to me. Remember to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things. It matters. And follow me on Instagram. We could talk on there. I love um, to talk back and forth with my listeners. Also, you can find me at angiefatal.com. Thank you. Bye-bye.